Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. You know, sometimes you have to, you know, you have to forget about what the mistakes you've made. You have to forget about the things where you think you might have failed. You have to forget about those things, forgetting those things that are behind and pressing on to what lies before. One of the things the Lord spoke to me this morning was everything that he does for us has eternal consequences. When you're you're worshiping him and he touches you, that has an eternal consequence. The scripture tells us that we are changed in the presence of the Lord. The, uh, The songwriter that said he touched me and made me whole was speaking a truth because anytime God touches us, it has an eternal consequence. But you know, everything we do has an eternal consequence. Everything we do, every time we, every time we lift our hands and worship the Lord, every time we say a prayer, every time we do something, we are affecting eternity. We are affecting our eternity. As a matter of fact, the scripture says uh, in, in James chapter 1, it says, uh, it says, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Which is able, do you know my soul is being saved every day? My, I, I, I'm a brand new creature in Christ. How many of you are going to heaven? How many of you are not sure? Nobody not sure. Okay, good. Every time, every time we lift our voice in praise, it has eternal consequences because we are connecting with an eternal God. And everything he does has an eternal consequence for our good. I was uh, supposed to preach this uh, last week, but the Lord stepped in. Hallelujah. God's good. He steps in. How many of you are here last week? How many of you are glad he stepped in? Hallelujah. Did he touch you and make you whole? All right. Well, uh, what I I was, we uh, actually on the week that uh, Valentine's Day was we were in, uh, we were in D.C. ministering down there, but I thought, you know, the Lord just, moved on me and he says, I still want you to, I still want you to preach on love. So I was ready. I thought, well, this is a week late, but praise God, we're going to preach today. Well, now it's two weeks. <laughs> but you know what? Katie told me, she said, love is eternal. Hallelujah. So that's good. Praise the Lord. I, 
As Katie was there a minute ago, and then I looked back at somebody else there. Oh, Lord, hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So anyway, you know what? I was in, uh, I was in uh, getting a card, and I was amazed at how many people were rushing to get their Valentine stuff. But I want you to know I'm not a last-minute guy. It wasn't on Valentine's Day. It was the day before. So uh, anyway, but I just amused at seeing, you know, the flocks of people at the cards, you know, and guys buying little flowers and little love things. And I came to the realization after I picked out my cards, you know, you look at, you look at the back to see how much they cost. I thought, man, love is expensive. <laughs> love is expensive. But you know what? When God shared his love, it was expensive. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. It was expensive, but it was worth it. It was worth it. There's another thing that, that came to my mind also is a lot of times we, uh, some people picture love as weak. Picture love as weak. They, they see it, uh, you know, anytime we try to take matters into our own hands, we consider love being weak. How many of you have ever had the thought of getting even? I used to have a saying, I don't anymore. Stephen, don't get even. He gets ahead. But I've repented changed my mind. I'm, I've been renewed by, I've received with meekness the engrafted word that's able to save my soul. Hallelujah. So I want to talk about this morning, uh, God's eternal love. I want to talk about love. And there's, uh, there's more than one word in the Greek for love. I think there's seven I just want to give you a couple. One is uh, agape. It's been described as God's love, but he also uses phileo. Let me just say this. Agape love is a selfless giving love. It's, this love is not dependent upon the one receiving. It is dependent upon the one giving. In other words, he, he, you don't merit his love. He gives his love before you merit it. I don't know if we ever merit God's love. So his love, agape love, the love of God is dependent upon him. And it's because that's his nature, which we'll get into in a few moments. It's his nature to love. You are not... Uh, you don't merit God's love. It's dependent upon him. He gives his love before you deserve it. How many of you think you deserve his love now? So you still, you still don't merit it, but he still gives it to you. There's also the, the word phileo love. And of course, we know that uh, you probably heard that Philadelphia is uses that word, the city of brotherly love. I don't know if they live up to it, but uh, that's what Philadelphia means, the city of brotherly love. But according to W.E. Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words, it is, phileo is tender affection. Do you know that God's love towards you is tender? God's love towards you is affectionate. 
If you just see God, if you just see the Father as someone who has a bunch of rules that you have to live up to and you're never going to measure up, you are missing the love of God. The love of God, again, we don't merit his love, and also his love is tender and affectionate to us, to you. So it's tender, affectionate love, God to man, also man to man, but it is never required of man to God in the scripture. God never requires you to have an affectionate love for him. But God, Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commands. Keep my commands. You think, oh man, there's so many commands. Oh, he narrowed it down. He says, if you love me, keep my commands. And then he says, greater love has no man than this. And he lay down his life for his friend. Hallelujah. Well, talking about affectionate love in Jeremiah 31 verse 3 It says this, the Lord has appeared of old to me saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Everlasting. Does that, does it run out? No, it never runs out. It is everlasting. It continues to go. It never weakens. It never fades. It never fails. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that love never fails. Love never fails. But it goes on to say, therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you. With loving kindness I have drawn you. Loving and kind. If somebody says they love you, but they're never kind, beware. There used to be a movie, Jerry Lewis and Dean Martin. It was Sailor Beware. But girls, beware. If they say they love you, but they're never kind, beware. As a matter of fact, if you want to know how they're going to treat you, look at how they treat their mother. Look at how they treat their sister. Just a thought. Oh, but I know, he just loves me. (laughs) Okay. I'm sure he does in his own thinking. I had no clue what love was. I thought love was, um, well, let's put it this way. I never had affection in my family. Never. So in uh, my perverted worldview at the time, love was probably just sex. Glory to God. Joel saying, don't go too deep. <laughs> Let's just put, now, I'm going to stop there. But, you know, I had to grow into, I remember one time, uh, it was in the storefront. Some of you don't even remember this. I know uh, the crumbs remember the storefront because they had the family circle and we invited them to our church service. And when they got there, there was more of them than there be of us. <laughs> but um, I remember we were in the storefront and, uh, you know, 
I hadn't grown as much as I have now spiritually. I hadn't received with meekness the engrafted word, which was able to save my soul. I'd received some. Some of my soul was redeemed. My spirit man was new, but my soul, I'm a soul man. I was a soul man, and my soul was in control. But you want your spirit man in control. But anyway, uh, Melody was having a hard time because of me. <laughs> I remember the kids were just little, you know, Rebecca and Joel were just little. And I said, well, let's, let's, this, isn't this before church, Wednesday night church? I said, let's just go, let's just go out. So I walked down, some of you don't even know, know where this is, but I walked down to Walburn Shoe which is only a half a block away from the storefront. And uh, I just, I was just like, you know, didn't know what to do. And I said, Lord, I said, uh, you know, help me to love my wife. I knew I was the problem. <laughs> do you ever know you're the problem and still don't know how to fix it? Yeah, okay. Lord, help me to love my wife, you know. And he spoke to me. This was the revelation that I could receive at the time. He told me, love is not a feeling. It is an action. You do the action and the feeling will come. Okay. I still had to grow in that. Still had to grow. But I didn't know about loving kindness. I wasn't... Uh, I was... De loving kindness was never demonstrated to me, so I had I didn't I didn't know how to do it, you know. And but you know God would God would reveal Himself, and when He did, it was just so wonderful. But you know God doesn't always reveal Himself in the same way every day, and so we have to walk by faith. We have to walk by faith. So once I begin to learn that loving kindness. He draws us with loving kindness. How do we draw our spouse? With loving kindness. With loving kindness. Thank you, Jesus. And what is, what is the loving kindness? He says, I've drawn you with an everlasting love. In reality, Jesus is, Jesus Christ is the draw. Jesus Christ is the draw. He says in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loves is born of God and knows God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Therefore, Jesus is love manifested. Jesus is love manifested. Thank you, Lord. Jesus said in John chapter 6, 44, he says, No man can come unto me unless the Father draw him, which sent me draw him. So the real attraction to God is love. The attraction, the attraction to God is love. Well, you know why are you tell me all this? Is because you are God's ambassadors. You have to receive the love so that People can see love through you. 
I've discovered, uh, let me, there was one other word I forgot to tell you about. There is a word uh, for love. It's called eros. Eros love, and there was a, there was a symbol of a snake that was eating itself. You know, it was grabbing its tail and eating itself. It's called a self-consuming love. Anytime you love yourself more than you love others, you're in a self-consuming love that will eventually destroy. Actually, Eros was known as a, as a god, really was a demon. Anytime we, anytime we have Eros love, we have rejected God's love, or we're not familiar with God's love, and we become self-consuming. If I have to have something else to make me happy... If I, have to have, if I have to have more of something else besides the love of God, then I'm consumed with Eros love. It's, it was interesting, the, uh, the song this morning talked about the great love. Well, in Ephesians chapter 2, beginning in verse, verse 1, he says this, he says, And God hath quickened us, Ephesians 2, 1, And God hath quickened us, which is quickened means to, be, to make alive, who were dead in trespasses and sin, wherein in time past you walked according to the course or the manner of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom also we all had our conversation. Say all. So we're all in this boat. We all had our conversation. We all had our lifestyle in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. That would be Eros. And we're by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love, wherein he loved us, because of his great love. The thought came to me that your problems don't hinder God's love. Wherever you're at right now, where, wherever you were before, God's love is not hindered in coming to you. Now, whether you open the door for that love is another thing. But God's love is never restricted by your problems. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Have you ever had a problem? So, but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love. You know, God's love can only be known by action. God's love can only be known by action. God gave his son. That's an action. God gave us his spirit. That's an action. God fills us with his gift. That's an action. God fills us with his power. That's an action. God has provided healing. That's an action. God has provided peace. That's an action. God has provided everything that you'll ever need. That is an action for you. God, is, God just didn't do everything in the past, and now he's doing nothing. He is still demonstrating his love for you. Still demonstrating. He goes on to say, even when we were dead in trespasses, even when we were dead, he's quickened us. He's made us alive by Christ, for by grace you're saved. 
In other words, all the benefits have been accomplished through what Christ has already done. You know, you don't, you'll never earn a benefit that God's provided for you. You cannot earn God's benefit. You cannot earn God's love. You cannot earn God's power. You cannot earn God's presence in your life. It's already provided for you. Already provided for you. Goes on to say, and has raised us up together. Even, even when you were, you were what you were, he decided to raise you up. He decided to pick you up. He decided to elevate you. He raised you up and made you to sit together in heavenly places. You're, sit, you're seated right next to God. You don't ever have to worry about not being picked. You're already picked. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you. Before you decided to open your heart for Jesus to come in, Jesus already chose you. If he hadn't chose you, you wouldn't have been, you wouldn't have opened your heart to receive him because he was drawing you with loving kindness. Now, after he drew you and he got you in, did he stop loving you? After he drew you and pulled you in, did he hold, is he restricting his love? He never restricts his love because that's who he is. He does exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think. That is his love coming to you and through you. If he can get it to you and he can get it through you, he will give you more. You know, when you fill up a bottle and it doesn't go and it has nowhere else to go, you can't put any more in. So you need to be emptied so that you can continually be filled. He's got more. Turn to somebody and say he's got more. Notice this. He says, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness. You know that you don't even, you don't even, you and I cannot even fathom the goodness and the kindness that he's already done for you. So we're going to be, I hate to say this, this just, this is not a good illustration. But we're going to be sitting in heaven watching home movies about how good God has been to us. We're going to see the love that, that he poured out. You're going to see where he actually saved your life. You're going to see where he's actually lifted you up. You're going to see God is going to show you his kindness, and it's going to take eternity to do it. Be happy for the breath you take, because the next one depends on God. He's good. And his mercy endures forever. Notice he says his kindness towards us through Christ, through Christ Jesus. We have no clue. We have no clue how good God has been to us. There was a movie, I don't even think I saw it, but uh, this was called Clueless. 
I think it must be a chick flick because all the girls are uh, all the girls are laughing. Clueless. That's what we are. When it comes when it comes to God's love towards us, we are clueless as to how good He's been to us. As to how good He's been to us. He says, For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. You know, his to be raised up, to be seated in Christ is not just to sit there and do nothing. How many of you think you get bored doing nothing? Some people say, I'd just like to try it. <laughs> Give me a chance. It's like somebody saying, uh, money's not the cure-all. Well, just let me give it a try. <laughs> it is not. Thank you, Lord. But we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God's ordained good works for you. And I think once we discover those good works, we will be fulfilled. Once we discover those good works, we're not going to be bored with Christianity. You know, I'm not looking, I'm not looking for some big ministry. I'm just looking for something where the Holy Spirit speaks to me and I can just move and touch somebody that's right in front of me. You don't, need, you don't need something big. If you hear God's voice and you move at that particular moment, you are fulfilling the good work that he's called you to do. Sometimes we complicate things. We complicate things. As a matter of fact, the Bible talks about the simplicity of the gospel. The simplicity, but we try to we try to make it difficult. We even try to make it difficult for people to receive. We make it difficult. It's not difficult. It's God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. What did he say? He said in Romans chapter 10, that if we confess with our mouth, the Lord Jesus. In other words, we say Jesus is our Lord and believe in our heart that God's raised him from the dead. Do you believe Jesus was raised from the dead by God? Then the Bible says you shall be saved. So what else do I need to add to that? Do I need to add anything to that? Not according to the scripture. Remember, receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your soul. In other words, anytime we try to add to what God's already said, we are complicating it. We're complicating it. And then anytime you complicate things, it just frustrates you. I remember one night, uh, it was a Christmas Eve, 
we were living in Millersburg in a, in a mobile home. And we bought bicycles for the kids. And I didn't need those directions to put those bicycles together. Oh, man. I wish I would have looked at those. <laughs> Eventually, I looked at those directions. But you know what? We try to think, well, we actually complicate things that God makes easy. Sometimes it does pay to look at the instructions. So what is the love? What's, what's the love that God has for us? It's a love that can, it's a love that we are never, never separated from him. You can never be separated from the love of God. He says in Romans chapter 10, verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. Those principalities, they are demonic entities. No demon can separate you from the love of Christ. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate you from the love of Christ, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. And in reading that, I saw that your problem will never separate you from God's love. Your problem. You know what? Uh, sometimes we don't focus on our problems. We focus on other people's problems. And we focus on what their problem is. But that's only because we want to mask our problem. I got problem. You got problems. All God's children got problems. But we are delivered from those problems. My grandmother used to tell me, <laughs> she only quoted half a verse. Did grandma ever, ever quote half a verse to you? Maybe grandma never talked to you about the verse. She said, many are the afflictions of the righteous. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> well, after I started reading through the Bible, I thought, wow, the second half of this verse is great. But the Lord delivers them out of them all. I can understand why she said uh, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but only half a truth sometimes is a lie. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers us out of them all. None of your problems can ever separate you. There's no demon in hell. There's, life is not going to separate you Death is not going to separate you. As a matter of fact, in our death, we become closer because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Another thing. Because of love, all things will work together for our good. Let me just say this. Uh, you know, you can disagree with me if you want. That's okay. But in my theology... God doesn't bring the problems. 
but he will take the problem that has been brought to you and turn it around for good. God is an opportunist. You know what entrepreneurs are? They're opportunists. They take somebody else's problem, make a solution, and become rich off of it. But God takes the problem that the devil brings to you and he turns it around for your good. He is an opportunist. But he doesn't bring the problem. You know, when I, when I was growing up, the theology that I heard was that God made you sick. That was the theology I heard. Well, God's trying to teach you a lesson. But you know what? When you read the Bible, where did Jesus ever go around laying hands on people to make them sick? It's funny, when Jesus laid hands on people, they all got healed. Jesus taught people lessons by giving them words, by speaking truth to them. Now, I know there's a scripture in the Old Testament that says, be not like the horse or the mule that has to be bridled. But be led by the, but be led by the Spirit. Somebody... Uh, Somebody, uh, uh, I'll just tell you a story. Uh, and some of you have heard this before, but we had, my brother used to own horses. I'm just trying to protect people, that's all. Yeah. But uh, my, my, my older brother used to have horses, and there was this one that had a reputation of biting and so I had been riding this horse, and uh, my little brother's five years younger than me. And he'd always get me in trouble. Mama, Stephen's looking at me. Stephen, quit looking at him. <laughs> so, you know, I took the opportunity to, after I'd rode this horse, I'd say, here, hold the reins. <laughs> what? Well, yeah, I think I might have took the saddle off and, you know, hold the reins. So this horse leans over and bites him on the shoulder. And he starts screaming, well, my dad's there. So he takes a two-by-four and educates his horse. And, it, and in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm next. Fortunately... He didn't put two and two together. <laughs> I got away with it. But the illustration is don't be like the horse that has to have a two by four to learn the lesson. You say, well, God going to take a two by four to me? No. Hard is the way of the transgressor. If you keep walking in it, it will come. It'll come. But it's, got, it's not God doing it. So don't try to correct my theology. <laughs> anyway, I, don't be I believe all things work together for good, but anytime the enemy attacks me, 
God's going to turn it around for good. God's going to turn it around for good. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Also, well, this is one I, I, I didn't, never wanted to preach this. But you know that love will discipline you to walk in righteousness? Have you ever been disciplined? Have you ever messed up? Have you ever needed correction? Well, let's look at Hebrews. I, I, I always used to just never want to preach this, but I thought, well, I better. <laughs> Hebrews chapter uh, 12 and verse 5, he says, and, and have you forgotten the exhortation which speaks to you as sons? My son, do not despise the chastening of the Lord, nor be discouraged when you are rebuked by him. For whom the Lord loves, he chastens and scourges every son whom he receives. If you endure chastening, God deals with you as a son. If you endure chastening, God deals with you. In other words, whom the Lord loves, he corrects. I don't, you know, in my, in my thinking, when I would read that, I would see how I was corrected as a child. But I don't think God corrects the way I was corrected. Have you ever heard the uh, uh, Have you ever heard the phrase "the word, a word to the wise, is sufficient"? A word to the wise is sufficient. It's best to hear what God says and let that correct you. Well, God broke my leg. Oh my God, he broke my leg. Well, why were you jumping off? Why were you playing on the roof? <laughs> you know. Oh man, God, God let the police give me a ticket. <laughs> well, why were you going 85 and a 20 and a 55? <laughs> Please, Lord. <laughs> now hard is the way of the transgressor. Yeah. It's not always God's fault. And matter of fact, it's probably never God's fault. Thank you, Lord. It says in uh, Second Second uh, Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen. It says, "All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine." for reproof, for correction. How does God correct? Through his word. What if you never read the word? I, you know, I've been fascinated by people's testimonies of coming to Christ, whether it's, whether it's atheists, Muslims, Jews, I've just, I've just been captivated, but there is, a, there is an ongoing theme through every one of these, Mormons too. They started reading the New Testament. They started reading the Bible, and the Bible drew them to Jesus. The Bible opened their eyes 
to be able to see the reality of Jesus. It's funny because uh, a lot of Jewish people, they're, they're, said, don't, they're told, don't ever read the New Testament. Because, you know, the New Testament is about how Christians can persecute the Jews. So in the, a lot of them, they said in their mind, in their mind they're thinking, oh, this is, this is about how Jesus is a Catholic. They all think Jesus is a Catholic. But they begin to read it and they say, this is a Jewish book. Jesus is a Jew. The New Testament was written by Jews. This is just the continuation of the Old Testament into the New Testament. So then they, they embrace Christ, at least the ones I've been listening to the testimonies of. But he says again, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be complete. That word complete is mature. Do you know that as soon as you accept Christ, you are perfect? You are perfect. In the eyes of God, you are perfect. When that little baby comes out, they're perfect. They don't need a heart added. The heart's already there. They already have a brain. They already have the fingers and toes. But how many of you know that that brain needs to mature? We, we are perfect in Christ, but we all need to mature. And so the Word of God helps us to mature. That's what love does. Listen to this, that, that the man of God may be complete or mature, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Jesus said in John 15, 3, he says, you are clean through the word which I've spoken unto you. Psalm 19, 119, verse 9, how can a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to your word. Your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. What a blessing the Word of God is. What a blessing. What, you know, give us this day our daily bread. Is that just physical bread that we eat? No, it's the bread of heaven, the bread of life. Give us this day. Open our eyes to the Scripture. Open our eyes. Give us a revelation. Give me revelation. Show me what to do. I can't find my way, oh Lord. I haven't got a clue. That's third day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Actually, they're in my range. I could probably do it, but. What is love? What? So God is love. So how do I picture God? Scripture says, this is what, you know, I used to read this and I think, well, this is what love is. But then I discovered if God is love, this is how God is to me. This is how God is to you. What well, says uh, love suffers long 
and is kind. So do you know God's kind to you, which we've already talked about, his loving kindness? He does not envy. God does not parade himself. God is not puffed up. God is not rude. God does not seek his own. God does not provoke. God, is, God thinks no evil. God does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. God bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. God never fails. Another way, God is patient and kind. God does not demand his own ways. God is not irritable. God keeps no record of, of, of a, God does not keep record of being wronged. God does not rejoice at injustice. God rejoices whenever truth wins out. God's love never gives up, never, never loses faith, is always hopeful, endures through every circumstance. Thank you, Jesus. That is how God's love is to you. I don't want to close with this scripture. In 1 John 4, 17 and 18, it says, love has been perfected. Now, this is God's, God's love in you. Do you know God's love's in you? Do you know that love has to be perfected? How many of you love more now than when you first became a Christian? Good. That's good to hear. Love has been perfected or matured among us in this, that we have boldness in the day of judgment. In other words, you're not recoiling from the presence of God. You're not recoiling at the thought that you're going to stand before God. You're not recoiling. You are looking forward to it because you know that it's all been handled through Jesus Christ. Now, does that mean, oh, I can do whatever I want to do? I wouldn't suggest it. Hard is the way of the transgressor. Don't have James Brown theology. <laughs> what is James Brown theology? It's your old thing. Do what you want to do. Do that, 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 I can't tell you. That's James Brown, James Brown theology. Well, what is, the, what is the first commandment in the Satanic Bible? Do what thou wilt. Do what thou wilt. I have to admit, I, uh, <laughs> I was watching the Blues Brothers <laughs> the other day, and James Brown was the preacher. Anyway... <laughs> But they were on a mission from God. <laughs> they were trying to save an orphanage. But anyway. Love has been perfected among us, matured among us, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. I hope you are, I hope you are past the thought of recoiling from God. I hope your love is matured enough to, that, to know that you can run into the arms of a loving father. Or run into the arms of a loving Jesus. Hallelujah. 
that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. As he is, now we are in this world. How many of us need to be matured a little more? No matter what stage we're at, we're perfect. But God's bringing us to maturity so that we can demonstrate the perfect, mature Jesus in the earth. I like what Paul, I forget what, uh, oh, it was, I think it was the Galatians. Paul said, my little children, um, in whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. Until Christ be matured in you. Christ was in them, but he wanted them to walk in maturity. And do you know what their problem was? They were told they needed to keep the law to be perfect in Christ. They were told they needed to, they, it was Jesus plus. I needed, they needed Jesus, plus they needed this, plus they needed this, plus they didn't. No, you are complete in him, but, God's, but God is perfecting you. God is maturing you. Hallelujah. He says, now listen to this. Have you come to this place? There is no fear in love. No fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear has torment. So in other words, do you believe that God really wants you to be tormented? Torment is not of God. It's not of God. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. If you fear, it just means you're not mature in love. Mature me, Lord. Mature me, Lord. Hallelujah. It says, for, for lo uh, we love him because he first loved us. Perfect love is mature love. Boldness then, he wants boldness in our life so that we can have boldness in the day of judgment. You know what? Even if I'm brought, even if I'm judged now, I can still have boldness in the day of judgment. I can have boldness now. God is making us like Jesus, so we walk like a spiritual man. Hallelujah. It's not God's will for us to be tormented. I remember a song, Michelle Mabel. The phrase goes, I love, and I hear this from God to us. I love you, I love you, I love you. That's all I want to say. See, we, we're, you're, never going, you're never going to be matured thinking I've got, I've got to do this to please God. I've got to do that to please God. But the more we walk in love, the more mature we become and the more we begin to walk in his ways. 
you know, the child is perfect, but you don't let him get behind the wheel at five years old. Perfect child. Perfect at 11. They're perfect at 16. But you still, you still don't just turn the wheel over to them. They're perfect. God has a process of bringing us to maturity. Because, he wants, because as, we, as he is, so are we in this world. And his love is constantly working, constantly providing. He gave his son. He gave his spirit. He gave his power. He gave his healing. He gave his peace. He even gives us prosperity. Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospers. Well, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, right now we take authority, Lord, over all torment that would try to rise in your people. We break off the power of fear. We break off the power of depression. In the name of Jesus, we decree that your people are walking in spiritual maturity and spiritual boldness. Not just bold here, but bold in your presence. You said to come boldly before the throne of grace to obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, if there, uh, we're going to ask the healing team to come up. But if there is any sense of fear in your life, we want to break that off also. We want to break it off. <laughs>